When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Doug the Slug. 106.7. It's Slugomatic. I am sure. You are quote unquote enjoying Kevin and Sluggo on 95.5 KLOS. <laughs> Shake your hand. It took this long, and I know there was so much chaos going on in here. Hi, I'm uh, Sluggo, Doug the Slug, and this is Quitters Never Give Up. Go ahead. From what I understand, Quitters Never Give Up. Fucking amazing. But quitters Never never Give Up? Right, right, right. Well, yeah. Hell yeah. Quitters Never that's it. Quitters never give up. Because I said quitters never give up, and he said, that's all they do. Now! Yay! Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, welcome to a special bonus episode of Quitters Never Give Up. All of us quitters are here. Jen, Edwin, and Lindsay. Of course, I'm Christopher. And we are welcoming a special guest, a radio legend, uh, and like all legends, they go by many names. We have the Slug Monstrosity, Baron Von Slug, the Slug Monkey, Slug Sadie's Benz, the one and only Doug the Slug. I really wanted to be Thurston Hell of a Monster, but Dandy was like, no, that's not happening, man. No. Wow, a Thurston Howell <laughs> reference. This show's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Christopher are going to do a side project all about Thurston Howe, so you can join us. Oh, please. <laughs> the Thurston Howell Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Lovey? Where's, Where's lovey, lovey indeed? indeed. What, we ask that every day. <laughs> <laughs> that audio is great, you guys. I love your your compilations of audio, man. It's it's just that's great. That's awesome. All Very, Christopher, right yeah, there. All Christopher. And, um, all about a Christopher. Very yes. weird to hear that that stuff again. I haven't heard that that a couple of those jingles in years. That's very cool. Yeah, for me too. I mean, I've been listening to you since the since ninety one when you yeah. came into K Rock and going back and finding those jingles just so many memories came back to me that's john frost man john frost is one of the best um radio production people in the history of the business i mean you know and I, I, I would do anything to be able to get him you know back doing some projects on a regular basis i mean you know from from the new detective to all of his stuff that it was on you know k-rock like when i first started there just the compilations of those jingles that he would put together and i will still run into some old movie i'll be watching mystery science theater 3000 or something and all of a sudden there's a little drop from an old john frost k-rock jingle i'm like wow <laughs> nice it was just the best yeah he was i, I mean i i think i said this before but i didn't realize it until much later that one of the reasons i was attracted to k-rock was just that whole audio sound yeah right he did yeah i should i gotta share with you guys a, a couple links um rick rippy who was a uh, jed's producer for years his imaginary friend rick um has been finding <laughs> these uh old uh, early 80s uh you know um air checks and they're unscoped so it's commercials and everything 
and it's you know mm-hmm. Freddie and Sam Freeze, and um, they just were throwing in those drops, and all the production and everything was just it was so compelling, and it's like it's it's fascinating to sit and listen to 45 minutes it just goes by like that because that station was just such a thing unto itself and it was a lot of that production you know and then when john joined i think it was 88 he joined he just took all of that and turned it way up that's great stuff (laughs) yeah i've always thought that john frost was just as important as anybody 100 uh kevin and bean or you or the management or the music he was, well, management wasn't so important, yeah. but uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> okay. But he, the sound of K-Rec was really a lot of John Frost and the attitude. Very okay, true. guys. So for those that may not know who John Frost is, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Schoen found him in Anchorage, Alaska, oddly because his name is Frost, and um, he just was just you know creating those like some of those jingles that you just heard um, right out the gate and in, in a tiny little beat up production room. I mean, it was just, just like the lowest quality equipment you could possibly work with, but he'd be in there slicing stuff up and cutting up audio and putting pieces in and grain you know, doing whatever it took. And uh, he was there from 88 to, I think he left in about 94 or so doing basically all of the creative production, all the little bumpers and things in between, uh, that you would hear on the station through that time. Nice. the best. What was it like back then? Did you literally have to cut tape and glue it together? Yeah, you know, it's really funny. I when I I actually went to radio school for six months when I dropped out of high school, and um, they one of the lessons was taking reel-to-reel tape and cutting it up. You know, with a razor blade, you'd have a grease pencil and you make a little mark where you want to stop. You know, the tape and take out and everything. And I I, I avoided that class. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. <laughs> it seems like impossible, but eventually that became something that I got really fast at and really good at. Uh, Kevin was actually the best. They actually called him the blade. He was insanely good at just taking little pieces of audio. And if he, he accidentally cut a piece out, he would be able to put it back in and, you know, get it on the air within, you know, 15 seconds of the phone call and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was all grease pencils and tape that you would put on the reel-to-reel tape where the splice was, and it was a pain in the ass. It was a total, but now it's all digital, which is so much better. Clearly. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was pretty crappy equipment at K-Rock. You know, <laughs> it really was. It was pretty bad, but... I wonder if that contributes. It seems I've heard of a lot of great art being made by guys in terrible conditions. <laughs> I think it helps. I do. I think mm-hmm. it helps. I think it's like, you know, John would have a sound in his mind and he would keep working until two in the morning until he had that sound right. You know, and it was, you know, I mean, he maybe would get it done a lot faster if he had had better equipment, but the blood and sweat and tears, I think, it came through and just pumps through because, you know, because he being there so long working on something, he would think of something else. I got I got to start all over again. <laughs> so. Do you know what John Frost is doing today? He's got his own kind of production company. He does a lot of um, production for various stations across the country. Um, he gets to work from home now. It's kind of, you know, he's living the dream, really. I mean, he's very happy and, and crazy. I, and if you follow him, if you find him on Twitter, he's always very funny. He just tweets really bizarre off the wall. Like he always did just really bizarre off the wall. All the stuff that really kind of made, you know, K-Rock, insane came out of john frost a lot all right so you said you went to radio school and then what happened um well it was sort of like i was i was 18 and i was like um i decided i didn't need to go to school anymore so my mom was like all right you get a job or you get out and i thought well i can probably do radio because i always loved radio and i always listened and i you know would play 
make tapes and shit. Um, so I'm like, I think I can probably do this. And I, I had to get my uh, GED and go to radio school and uh, finish the course in six months and drove my tape all over Arizona and got hired by a station in Flagstaff. And I was there for six months. And that was almost 40 years ago. Wow. So um was there for a little while and then ended up a couple more stations until I went to KZZP, um, which I know you guys have heard of through all of the ramblings of Kevin and Bean through the years, which is where they were. And that was that was some sort of powerhouse station. That was just we had an amazing program director with great ears. The station had a 12 share at one point, which is unheard of. And um the, he hired Kevin and Bean and he hired um Kevin Weatherly, um, this guy, Guy Zapolian, and uh, he hired a friend of mine, Darcy Fulmer, who ended up going on to MTV. And just, I mean, just crazy. So that's where I met Kevin and Bean was at KCZP. And that was probably four years into doing radio. So I was 20 something at that point. And um, we just got along. You know, it was just a, it was a, and Jimmy Kimmel would be hanging out in the studio. I mean, he wasn't doing anything, he wasn't even hired by the station. He would just hang out. Yeah. And it was just a, it was a, they let us be super creative and kind of, of course Kevin and Bean thrive under that um, yeah. those conditions so um, you know they they were I don't think Kevin was I don't think either one of them were there very long at ZZP I think I was there about five years and I think they were there like three years before they got hired at K-Rock so you know that was 89 when they came to K-Rock now were you were you raised in Los Angeles and then moved to Arizona no, no, I was born and raised in Phoenix and uh, lived there until I was about 25 when I moved here. Okay. I got the, yeah. So about half and half now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would come out to LA a lot when I, in, in the 80s and um, with my friends and stuff and always listen to K-Rock. I remember the first time I really heard K-Rock, a friend of mine had lived out here and came back with us. And uh, she's like, we got to listen to the station. I got to put on K-Rock. And uh, as soon as we turned it on, Jed came on and he's like, excuse me. This is K-Rock. Thank you. And that was it. That was the whole break, which nobody did on the radio in the 80s. No one. And I'm like, this is the greatest radio station ever. So I was like, from then on, I'm like, I got to work there someday. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll clean whatever bathrooms. Yeah. So I, then who went to K-Rock first? Was it Weatherly? And then he brought Kevin and Bean over? Actually, no. Um, Weatherly left KZZP and went and programmed some more top 40. That was a top 40 station for a while. Andy Schoen came in in I want to say 88 and hired John Frost and made some changes kind of solidified the station um after um just it was in a it was in a bad place but he sort of solidified the station a lot of things that Andy Schoen started like the acoustic Christmas and Kevin and Dean and 40 minutes of nonstop K-Rock and so much stuff was his um and he hired Kevin and Bean uh, in 89 and then they got him you know I was like please hire me bring me in and they they helped kind of make that happen big time so and then weatherly was there and then so andy Schoen left in about 93 or 4 and that's about time john frost left too and he went to mtv and um that's when well, weatherly was looking for a new job and i heard that they were you know even thinking about weatherly and we we're all like you gotta hire this guy because he was incredibly good at music particularly he was he's just you know one of the best programmers in the, ever and uh, and they did so that's when weatherly came on probably about 93 or 94 or so and then you came over to k-rock when 
Uh, 90, October of 90. Oh, okay. And then, um, but you were, okay, so I moved to LA in 96. And mm -hmm. I used to listen to you like midday or afternoons. I want to say it was Kevin and Bean, Richard Blade, and then you. Is that yeah, right? I, I, you know, I did so many shifts. I did, I think, except for mornings, <laughs> every shift on that station at one point or another. So it was possible. Oh, I, I don't okay, remember. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I went to New York in 97 or six or so for a year. And they were starting, they were, we owned a Howard Stern station, actually, K Rock in New York, WXRK. Our company did Infinity, which was a great company, and um, they wanted to bring the K Rock, you know, KROQ format alternative to New York. So Weatherly got it started in New York, changed the format from classic rock to alternative rock, and I went and was on air there live in New York for a year, and then about five or six years from LA, I would do New York back at k-rock so i came back again but i mean i came and went so many times hi bye hi bye okay see you later <laughs> is that just the nature though of radio as well it really is yeah you know as terrible as that uh, song was in uh wkrp but yeah <laughs> pretty <laughs> well, accurate I worked, I worked marketing for years and it's the same thing every time right? a company wants to get rid of something first it's marketing department Right. Which is, you know, I mean, how does anybody know that you exist without that? We could exactly. use that term. Yeah, it's, that's a bad idea. But yeah, pretty difficult. So was it at KZ, KZZP? Was, was that where you got the name Douglas Slugger? Were you known by another name? No, actually, um, that um, that is one of the most boring stories ever. <laughs> um, I was Doug Roberts on KZZP, and uh, um, Andy was like, everybody here has a weird name. Andy's shown the PD, and he's like, there's Jim the Fish, and there's Richard Blade, and Kevin and Bean. That just sounds weird, so we got to come up with a name for you. What do you want to be? And I was like, Frank Distortion, the father of mayhem. And he's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, Thurston Howell, the monster, and I called myself that for a couple of weeks. He's like, no, 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 no. How about, how about something that rhymes with Doug since you call yourself Doug? John Frost rattled off a bunch of those things that I still use. Slug Sadie's Vince, Baron Von Slug, the Slug Monkey on my answering machine one night. So I had that on tape for a while and I'd play that. So I just ordered them all from there. I'm like, fine, Doug the Slug, whatever, Sluggo. Who cares? Who cares? I call myself Jan. I don't care. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember, you know, in high school hearing you for the first time. And just going, where did he come up with that name? That was so weird to me. <laughs> I know. I really should come up with a better story because it's so boring. <laughs> but it's just sort of like, uh, you know, you can't call yourself Doug Roberts on K-Rock because that's boring. So I'm like, <laughs> Thurston Al the Monster, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, I thought you had that name for like for years. You were always Doug the Slug and you came to K-Rock. I'm Doug, Doug the Slug. Nope, that's nope. cool, though. What'd you say? John yeah. Frost and Kevin Weatherly? I just spitballing uh, in there. That's a cool story. Yeah, 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 yeah. John was really, I wish I still had that tape because it was so funny. I mean, it went on forever. Like I came home, I mean, he just, and he, like he just like had set it down and he was watching TV and he'd say another one after a while. I mean, it was like three and a half minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is very weird. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this station. This is crazy. Because <laughs> it wasn't like there's nothing else like I mean I've been at a number of stations there's nothing like K Rock you know right so, yeah so then how yeah. long were you at K Rock uh, from really off and on you know here and there um, from 1992 I did the last shift in I think 2018 um, you know have you guys uh, you know um, heard that uh, uh, oh, what's his name um, can't think of his name offhand. 
Um, but anyways, they're putting together a documentary about the station. Yes. Yeah. Adam Carolla. Thank or, you. I was going to joke and say yeah. Kevin. But... Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's writing a book apparently. Oh, you know, whatever. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so so they did the interview. They were doing interviews with everybody, and Adam had his team, and they're doing interviews with everybody on the station. And the day that I did my interview, I was on the air, and I'm like, you know what? I, I got so much other stuff. I was working at Jack. I was working at Sirius. I was like, you know, I'm just filling in on K-Rock at this point. Um, I think this is going to be my last shift. So when we did the interview for the movie that will never be released, that was my last shift, which is kind of cool. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice way to wrap it up. I think it was like 2018. Ah, okay. Very cool. But, uh, yeah. So why is it never going to be released? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, this, I've seen the sizzle reel and it's awesome. And it's like, all these bands, I mean, everybody, big bands talking about, you know, how crazy K-Rock was and how much it got, you know, everybody started and blah, blah, blah. But outside of Los Angeles, how much interest is there? You know, I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's kind of, there's so much editing to do and so much work and then selling it. Well, marketing, you know, you need to talk to Adam and just make that's I think where they're stalled out at is getting the right interest and what sort of format it should be. It's gone back and forth from being a 90 minute documentary movie to a little mini series to, you know, all sorts of, they just, I think they just haven't figured out how to assemble it and sell it is what it comes down to. I'd pay for it. Yeah. Right. I think we I told lightning to that too. Like we, I think people would pay to buy it or rent it or whatever as well. If they didn't want to just do get it picked up by somebody else. I think in the long run, it would be one of those absolute classics that everybody's like, have you seen that K-Rock thing? You yes. see it, you know, but mm -hmm. it just takes a while to get it up and off the ground. Well, and, and I think too, you guys, K-Rock listeners um, are all over the world now. And you guys, um, so yeah. I'm listening back in 2010 right now is where I'm at, at the Stockdale archive. Nice. And at that time, it, it seems to me at that time, you guys were in Phoenix, you guys were in other syndicated in other cities all over, uh, maybe yeah. Fresno and stuff. Yeah. So I think yeah. you guys have listeners all over the world that maybe, you know, they, they're not followers or total fans like we are, but still like, oh yeah, K-Rock, I know. I live in the mountains um, northwest of Yosemite. And oh. anytime anybody walks in like, oh, I'm from Southern California. I'm like, do you know K-Rock? And <laughs> they do. And yeah. they may, not fans like us. However, they know Kevin and Bean. They knew the show. They knew Richard Blake, whatever the case is. Yeah. So I think those fans are out there um it's just finding them you're going to find them digitally is how you're going to find them and totally. i think one of the big network one of my things and i told ralph this early on was that to use support each other's podcasts right <laughs> so ralph is on your show and yeah. but i mean just through the podcast alone you guys could grow so much of that for yeah. that uh, documentary yeah. so yeah um, yeah and i i think you know the, the the artists just listening to them talk about the station you know, in the little bits that I've seen, I mean, that's, I think that's the catalyst to really get it going because their passion for, you know, what K-Rock did for them. And, you know, they were fans before, yeah. you know, they got their band going, that kind of stuff would be, yeah. would resonate with everybody. I think that's kind of what Yeah. So if you, if you see Adam, tell him I'll help him with marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially on, on like Netflix and Hulu, there's a lot of bullshit documentaries. I know, I mean, right? Yes. I mean, totally. I mean, I think they've, 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 they're, you know, I mean, it was lightning that for a while was really the interface. And, uh, and, you know, every couple of weeks he would tell me a different, you know, 
way it was going to be presented and what the ultimate you know deal was going to be but i mean so he had a passion for it and i know he still does and and we all do i mean you know everybody would like to see i would love to see you know i you know the all those people that I worked with for all those years, again, you know, kind of package it up together. Plus the, you know, I, I think it's really important to delve into the eighties, the early eighties stuff, you know, before any of yes. us got, because it was sort of a second life for that station, which is extremely rare, but, um, and I credit that with Andy Schoen's programming. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, you know, in the eighties, I mean, I mean, it changed everything and it changed it, I think across the country. I mean, it brought all of the new wave punk sound to, to the country, to this, you know, so, I mean, you know, it, it was a force unto itself and, and, you know, like Sam Freeze and Freddie Snakeskin and, you know, Eagle and all of those guys, man, and Blade, they just, mm -hmm. they were the bomb. They were, they were what it was. So, and, um, uh, Romando, particularly Romando and Blade, like, you know, did mornings for so long as well. So Romando's mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, man, you know, he passed away a few years ago, unfortunately, but I love yeah. Romando. In 2018, then you moved over to KLOS and you became the, uh, what is it, assistant program director, musical yeah. director? Yeah, and music director. And um, I was going to be doing like maybe one shift a week or so, something like that. But, you know, then this, I don't know, you guys are there's some sort of pandemic going on or whatever. No. And everything, was yeah, this in the news? <laughs> <laughs> I never watched the news, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you oh. and Kevin make a great team, then. Yeah, so so that kind of changed everything. And then, you know, I stepped in to fill in for afternoons, and then they so insanely fired Kevin. I mean, you know, everybody wants to fire Kevin, of course, but you don't do it. <laughs> and especially right at the beginning of the pandemic. So, I mean, Kevin and I have been friends since, you know, 80, whatever, six or something. Mm. So, you know, I was like, I was like, the second you can talk, because there's always the little legalese and whatever, I'm like, give me a call, man. I want to bring you over and bring you to KLOS. Because I, you know, I mean, I grew up on rock, you know, before I found punk and new wave in my teens, I was all about rock. So it was a natural fit. And, um, and you know, I get to do the music for the station. So fortunately, we're doing very well. But, you know, we needed that extra kind of, you know, shiny object and uh kevin at first he's like nope i'm done with radio screw it you know they they fucked me over here and it was a terrible way everybody got let go and i'm not interested and yada yada but it was like a year or so and and then by the time that his contract or whatever was up he was like uh, okay let's do this why not <laughs> you know and it was so natural because he, he and i had been on the air a lot at ccp back in the day so you know we, we used to go out and go to parties and broadcast live from there and I would be back at the station running the party shows and all this shit so he and I have had a rhythm for years and I was like if it's not fun we both agreed if it's not fun we won't keep doing it as long as it's fun we're on board so and so far it's been a blast <laughs> so yeah it comes through thanks nice it sounded like there was no way either of you would return back to morning radio ever nope <laughs> those days are way behind you and yeah you know i mean he had done it for 30 years so you know i used to i never was i've never done a morning shift but i would produce them a lot so i would be there and a lot of times i would be on the overnight so i would be live on the overnight from like midnight until 10 in the morning you know and they came uh -huh. in at five and i would produce the show but i learned then i'm like these are the worst hours ever 
you know, and when you have to actually go in at three in the morning, why? So now he, a couple years into this, you know, thing we're doing on KLOS, he's like, afternoon, man, this is it. You know, you can go out late and get up at 11, 12 in the afternoon, you know, in the morning and come in and do your stupid show and go out and play again. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Nothing better than afternoon. So no, he's never going to do mornings again, I don't think. Maybe. But I doubt quick, it. Quick prediction. In like a month, we're going to hear Doug and Kevin in the mornings. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, was it a problem that Kevin hates classic rock to go to KLOS? You know, it's funny because, I mean, I, I've been really fortunate. I've never hated the music at a station I was at. Um, so, although I would hate the music at K-Rock now. Wow. I just can't listen. But um yeah at first he was like you know he's he, he just kind of didn't say anything he's just sort of like you know and i'm like it's a job who cares you know most people work radio at stations they don't particularly care for the music but in the last two years he's been asking me you know he'll be like what 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 song is this and then he writes it down and he's like oh, i remember this again and so he's come around and then like we also play new music you know we play mm -hmm. like the new Def leopard we just added um, he's the one who brought it in. He's like, there's a track on this new Def Leppard album that's, that's awesome. And I was like, well, I guess as a music director, I should know about it. And uh, <laughs> another dude at the station listened and uh, the PD's on board. And, and, and so we added it. So, you know, so Kevin is responsible for getting the new Def Leppard song on here. So he's, he's come around. Nice. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. growing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, and yeah. it's funny because um, being in Northern California, my boyfriend listens to whatever radio and it's very typical classic rock. Right. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how do you listen to this over and over? Yeah. And, uh, but he was at my store the other day and he was like, oh, can you put some music on? So I put on KLOS and Marcy was on and she he was like, that. this is really good. I'm like, I know they play newer stuff. It doesn't all have to be classic stuff from the seventies and um so then he came back in and he was like can you put that station on again so <laughs> i mean it's really kind of Good. cool from someone who doesn't understand k-rock or any of that stuff you can right. still appreciate the new music you know well that's great yeah that's the goal i mean you know i, I when we when i first got there it was they were they were kicking around just you know putting a lid on we stop at you know 2000 and everything you know and really concentrate on the 60s and 70s which i love i love old school black sabbath and zeppelin and you know like deep purple and i love that stuff but like you say you can only play it so many times and and and, and one of the one of the six i was over at jack and i helped get jack kind of started initially and one of the things that makes jack work is that once a song is kind of recognizable you know we bring it over like so so you know while it's based in classic pop rock jack will also add stuff that sounds new to the listeners that's kind of familiar and that's one of the things that makes it work so i'm like we should be doing that we need to stay fresh we need to stay of the moment i mean ozzy's putting out killer new stuff you can't ignore it you know he's the voice of the station as far as i'm concerned so you know they were totally on board and, and it's working so it's great hey i remember listening and i'm like these were rock songs I hadn't heard in a long time because I listened to K-Rock a lot. And then you would say, oh, this is a new one by so-and-so group. And you would play them like, that's really good. So yeah, you're right. It freshened it up. I was hearing stuff I hadn't heard to death and new stuff. It was really fun to listen to KLOS. 
trade. Well, that's the goal. <laughs> I mean, it's, as far as I'm concerned, radio always needs to be entertaining and fun. You know, when it's when it's predictable. I had a friend who um, they listen. They work overnights. Um, you know, and and he was like, we literally. I don't remember what station it was it's San Diego somewhere, and they're like, we literally knew what time it was by what song was on. Because you know they would play the same classic rock song, mm-hmm. and it would just because he just hit an auto schedule button, and that's what it does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's I know <laughs> we can't have that. It's got to be fun all the time, and it's got to be fresh. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of stations don't see that. That uh, no. a, a lot no. of a lot of what people tune into is the new, the fresh, and mm-hmm. the unpredictable. Yeah, surprising. Yeah, I mean that's what K Rock was the best at. I mean, it was easy to put together those lists we did at the end of every year of the 106.7 new songs, best songs of the year, you know, and there would be maybe 20 of them, 25 that would repeat from last year, you know, that would spill over from the end of the year. But for the most part, I mean, but now they're adding 20 new records a year, you know, I mean, that's how slow the turnover is. So it's just, it's changed so much, you know, so. Yeah, but that's the nice thing too. Like I would not have heard of Dirty, Dirty Honey. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys. I mean, nice. I don't, they don't play any. Uh, well, I don't listen to the radio really other than you guys. No. Um, but I'm pretty confident they don't play any of that stuff mm-hmm. up here. They don't play any of like new um, Foo Fighters. The new album didn't, not, nothing so gets played. It's, it's excellent. So good. Yeah. And yeah. you don't Great hear stuff. it. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, that's another. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand that thinking. I really don't get it. I mean, I, I, you know, I've always loved. I mean, yeah, you give it in, 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 in it has to be a, a something solid, you know, and a, you know, and 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 our program director, fortunately, uh, Keith Cunningham, who was very excited about hiring Kevin, and I was like, what's what's Bean up to, by the way. Um, you know, he's got great ears. He hears the new songs. He brought in Dirty Honey. He brought in. Uh, you know, a lot of other, a lot of our stuff that we're playing is brand new bands, baby bands. I love getting mm-hmm. new bands started. That's what K Rock was all about, is always getting new bands started. And he's got great ears. So he makes that happen. So, like, Dirty Honey has had much more, you know, a lot of success. We, we were playing it for a while, and I hope we get back to it. This guy, Aaron Jones, out of Seattle. And I mean, you know, he's got this hard rock sound, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it fits right in with all the classic stuff. And he ended up opening for the Rolling Stones in Europe, you know, and wow. just, just new kid. He was just a new, new dude to the scene, but he's so good. And Keith heard it and he's like, we should, we should play this guy. Man. This is cool stuff. Well, please let's. Yeah. So Keith French fries. Keith? <laughs> Keith fries. Keith French fries. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> he did finally bring in some fries. Oh, nice. <laughs> Delicious. Who would you say is the equivalent of the chili peppers for um or personally for you? What do you think gets overplayed to death on your station? Oh well, I mean, you know, I I I'll tell you I was mm, 13 or 14, something like that. And I was listening to a radio station at Phoenix that played American Top 40 with Casey Kasem. And he happened to be in Phoenix doing a little tour of the radio stations. And uh, they said, You want to talk to Casey? Call now. And of course, being an early radio geek, I immediately called and they put me on with him and I got to talk to him for like 10 minutes. He answered all my stupid teenage radio wow. questions. Nice. Yeah, that was That's crazy. Cool. I heard his, uh, his uh, handler in the background saying, come on, we gotta, we gotta go. You know, gotta get off the phone. But um, he, one thing he told me was, um, you know, 
you're gonna if you're gonna do this get used to hearing a song that you hate over and over again that's what the business is it ain't about what you like you know it's about what works so i mean yeah i mean there's there's bands like guns and roses is on is on k earth now it's on k rock it's on jack it's on klos it's everywhere so but if it works and if it keeps people listening a certain you know enough people then you got to do it so i don't know, <laughs> right. you know i mean i would love to play if i was playing what i was wanted to play i mean it would be the pixies and sonic use and nobody would be listening you know That's so not true at all i would well yeah, yeah the, the cool just me <laughs> you got four listeners right here for that song there you go <laughs> that'll do her so yeah it's always a fine balance it's really hard you know and and it's just it's just i I actually took that advice that day and I, I went in and found I had a stack of 45s and I found one that I bought by accident that I didn't like and I put it on the turntable and played it like seven times in a row and I'm like all right I can do this I don't care I just ignore it after a while wow <laughs> that was your training that yeah. was my first training yeah yeah after talking like, to Casey I was just so starstruck I was what like, an oh. origin story that <laughs> you just taught like you need a, a nickname based on that <laughs> Casey Jr. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, I want to ask you since uh, we're on a little bit of KLOS here. When you guys started, when B or when Kevin joined you, we called like every week trying to get in. <laughs> what is the 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 situation there? Because I finally called in. I talked to you guys, and then it didn't come on for like an hour. So you guys, do you tape things and then edit them? Oh, yeah. What's this? What's the procedure? Yeah, it's it's I you know he and I he he and i came out at zzp we had three big reel-to-reel -reel machines um that we would take the phone calls on and that was pretty crazy for a radio station back in the 80s to have in the studio was three reel-to-reel -reel machines but we would just load up calls that would fit wherever they're going to fit later and like i said he was really good at editing so we came out of that background then he went and did 30 years of we're putting you on live which changes everything and how you deal with with callers because you got to keep everything moving and you got to keep it clean and you gotta you know <laughs> just stay on top of all of that um and i just kept doing like i'd always done so he and i now kind of have a mix where like on our friday night show i get a we'll we'll open the phones we have 10 phone lines that are always pretty much blazing if we're doing a contest or request open that kind of thing so it's kind of hard to get through but and um i tr we try to i get a call for anthrax we put it on right away you know i get a call for whatever we just immediately do it on that show but otherwise and when he's out there which is plenty of the time because he's got so much going on um we bank him and we'll play him later so it's sort of a mix of i tr you know we can't do it as live as he was doing it in the mornings at k-rock because it just doesn't work with what we need to put on the radio but um as much as possible we like to do it live but we got a really good mix so and i credit him with knowing how to he can totally all i say is we should do this and he's like yes we should do that and boom we're doing it <laughs> so. so who does the editing in the background I don't, I That's don't hear me now. He was one of the, the deals was he, you know, basically him and uh, the always unbelievably cool chip were basically kind of running the board and keeping everything on the air behind the scenes at K-Rock all those years. And he was, you know, it's exhausting. It's tiring because there's so much going on and, you know, you got to 
make sure all the stupid commercials are playing and you know all the dead air isn't happening and the bosses are calling oh what the fuck man what do we hire you for <laughs> so he was like you do it if you do it you take all the technical bullshit and i'm like all right i'm fine with that I'm, i like to do it i would get bored i don't know how he sits there and you know he's just coming up with shit to do and talk about you know which i mean is a nice relaxing change for him so yeah it's a perfect situation that way really so who came up with one american dollar i love that you know i don't remember i think he did i'm pretty sure he did we just we love to make bets we're always betting about everything you know mm -hmm. and he was like you know, we're just always looking for a, for content and and uh, and we love guessing games because it's so hard. You know, it's like you think, oh, the ten, you know, coldest uh, states in in the United States that should be easy. But when you're on the spot and you're on here, like I don't, know. I can't think of anything. Maine, what is Maine for a hundred dollars? So I think he, I think he came up with that. Even the name, maybe our our. PD loves to name things. So he he comes up like we're doing um some sort of I don't even know. He came in and he goes, "This is going to be excellent. We're going to start giving away eggs on Halo <laughs> after the morning show. It's going to be extreme." Oh my god! <laughs> okay, yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you do. I don't like I said. I never come up with names. I didn't even come up with my own name. So. <laughs> <laughs> You guys just had that one game where you had to name the actor and uh, a male actor. Uh, it's oh been in over God. 20 movies and like it took yes. forever. Yeah. Um, but that's that a, a fun game. Right? Yes. It's a and really that was fun Keith. game. That was that was uh, our program director. That was his. He called, he texted me at like one in the morning, maybe two weeks before. So we, we get budgets of how much we can do in contesting. And as APD, I'm sort of mm. supposed to help him come up with it, but I'll help him like, well, this will work. This won't work. He doesn't know how it would work in a studio. So I know that part of it, but he comes up with like he texted me in one of the morning. He goes, "How about a, how about this 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 game where you have to the name game where you have to you know and you already had a name for it you know and and it worked great. And then we got to Owen Wilson, you know, it was just like it was totally random stuff, you know. And, and sometimes like the table of you know periodic elements, whatever. Thank you. Yeah. Is it's mm -hmm. finite number. There's only so many possible answers. But this was an actor who's been in over 20 films. And so people were also guessing female, you know, and I'm like, fair enough, you know, yes. but we didn't say. <laughs> and that one just for whatever reason took, I don't know, I want to say four weeks before someone finally said Owen Wilson. So, and, and we'd run out of money. That's why it stopped. At all. We gave away $100,000, but we yeah. had $11,000 left. So when we got to that, we're like, we don't have any more yeah. money. <laughs> but Wow. Well, it was that one, and then I think it was something you yeah. find on a construction a area yeah. or construction zone. I'm like, bolt? I was like, really? I mean, and I'm sitting there. There's so many things. Right? Like, how do you? So yeah, it's and really it's, clever again, game. That's key. Really and, uh, and it's fun to play, and, uh, and and it's easy to sell. And and we're going to be doing it again later this year. By the way, nice. sneak preview. No one else knows that. So only on this podcast where's the breaking news bulletin sounder yeah exclusive listen to this shit this is crazy if only we were timely in our production schedule <laughs> well maybe we'll be on the air with it you know it's on the air right now a very special cool. christmas episode yeah. announcement <laughs> you're in 2027 we believe yeah exactly <laughs> hopefully the documentary will be out by then yeah right <laughs>